Welcome to the Living Hope Parent Gathering Podcast. The Parent Gathering is a weekly meeting of parents who are being trained for family discipleship through instruction and small group discussion. Listen now as we discuss principles for discipling your children. Well, we're going to talk today about some parent-child dynamics and relationships. And there's lots of different dynamics when it comes to relationships with our children. We have a mother-daughter dynamic, a mother-son, a father-daughter, and a father-son. And so we obviously don't have time to dive into all of those. I know all of those dynamics are not present in your homes. But today we're going to specifically look at the relationships between fathers and daughters and mothers and sons. I will dive into those other dynamics on another day. And I know immediately some of you are thinking, well, I'm a dad who only has sons or I'm a mother who only has daughters. But I want you to think maybe, like don't, don't check out, lean in a little bit because maybe some of the conversation we're having, some of the information will be helpful in helping you cultivate your child's relationship with the other parent. And then also, I know some of you all are probably thinking, there is no other parent. And so I don't want you to be discouraged this morning. I don't want you to check out and think, this doesn't apply to me at all, because this is what we are all here for. So as we're learning, I want you all to kind of think about who in my life is a child of a single parent, that has a single parent that maybe I could pour into, and who is in my life that could set that example and be a positive influence on my child's life. So we need each other, and I'm grateful that each one of you all are here today, no matter your circumstance. So if you have a daughter and you are a father, all of the relationships that they will experience can be very influential. But there is something very powerful about that father-daughter duel, that dyad, I mean, that has the potential to have the greatest, it could be a duel sometimes, right? (laughs) It's a Freudian slip, right? To have the greatest positive impact on her life. Yes, her mother and teachers, coaches, and friends' parents will greatly influence her. Yet there's something very unique about that relationship and about your role as her dad. At every stage, dads have an important role to play in their daughter's lives. And if you see your handout, you see that I've listed those stages and the ways to show that love and make that connection. And if you'll notice, the section on the fathers and daughters is a lot longer than the list of mothers and sons. And there's kind of a reason for that. And I really just wanted to write out, to type out all the specific ways or some specific ways that you can make connections with your daughters. Uh, And I thought it would be just easier to be able to see that. So it's not because I think one is more important than the other. There was just a lot more to write about. So the beginning is infancy and toddlerhood. I'm just going to kind of read through these. Be regularly involved in your daughter's day-to-day care, whether it's bathing her, feeding her, or putting her to bed at night. Sometimes culture will tell us that that's mom's job or I'll come in later in life, but right now I'm not going to take care of those day-to-day needs. But that's where connection is built. Spend time every day down on the floor at her level. Sing to her, show her pictures and toys, or read to her. Schedule outings for just the two of you, going to the park, the bookstore, or even the grocery store. Pray over her and bless her each night before bed. We talk about those bedtime prayers and how important that is. So the connections that are made early on do set that stage for a stronger relationship later. Then in elementary school, share activities you both enjoy, like bike riding, board games, swimming, sports, activities. And they don't all have to be 
what we would say is a girly thing to do, like playing Barbies or whatever. It could be maybe they're interested in Pokemon cards or you know skateboarding or whatever, but just find something that that uh, child really enjoys and engage with her. Make her laugh, act silly, tease her lovingly, and share inside jokes. Take her on regular dates. Treat her to ice cream or a movie of her choice. Show her the kind of gentlemanly treatment that she should expect on future dates with males. It's very, very important to set that example. Share with her your favorite Bible stories and tell her how you've seen God at work in your life because she will remember those stories. Those will have an impact on her and then ultimately she will pass those stories on down to her family as well. Tell your daughter that you love her. Tell her why she's special how proud she makes you feel and how blessed your life is because of her. A lot of times we as parents think those things, but we don't always express those things. So just making a point to say it. Make sure you tell her how much her heavenly father loves her even that much more. The scriptures that I, I wrote are 1 John 4, 9 through 10, Romans 8, 37 through 39, and 1 John 3, 1. In high school, and then even thinking about beyond, care about what she cares about. Those Pokemon cards might change into something different as she gets older. You may not be able to relate to all of her interests, but don't make fun of her or judge her. Sometimes as dads, it's easy to just you know make those little comments because you think it's funny, but she might not take it that way. Show her that you take her seriously and respect her for who she is. Talk to her. Make sure you put down the newspaper or laptop or iPhone and really listen to her, right? You may not, are you laughing over there because I wrote newspaper down? <laughs> After I did write that, I was like, who reads the newspaper? Why do I even write that? I don't even know. <laughs> you may not always or ever, I mean, think about this, be her go-to confidant, but always leave that uh, door of uh, opportunity to have that conversation open without judgment or condemnation. Pray for her regularly on the morning of a big exam or an important game or when she's feeling particularly stressed or worried. Ask if you can pray for her before she leaves for the day. And gently affirm God's promises and his deep love for her. And referencing these uh, scriptures, Zephaniah 317, Psalm 91, 14 through 15, Deuteronomy 31, 8, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and Isaiah 46, 3 and 4. And leave her notes. Again, these are just intentional things that may not come naturally for us, just saying, leave her notes. I don't leave anybody a note. But tell her you're in her corner no matter what. Remind her that she's beautiful to you inside and out and praise her for the good choices that she makes. I know, of course, I'm not a dad, but I know in my personal life, we tend to express our disappointment or when, some, when our kids don't follow through with what they're supposed to do and don't always naturally praise them when they do the right thing. Helping them not to see just where they fall short but the evidences of God's grace in their lives that need to be celebrated. So dads, just want to encourage you. It doesn't matter if you're helpless in knowing how to play with a baby doll or engage in that uh, pretend play or when you feel totally out of place at your daughter's uh, tea party table or if you can't figure out your teen's latest mood swing, because that does happen, your daughter needs you probably more than you or she will ever know. So take a deep breath sip your imaginary tea, and don't forget to pull the chair out for her. I just want to encourage you in that. And encourage each other. When you all have an opportunity to talk later, I want you to be able to be vulnerable and where you feel like you, maybe you failed in that way. But it's never too late to start showing 
those things to start, start spending time uh, with your daughter. So now on to mothers and sons, and it's a little bit different in my approach to this because uh, as a mom to both daughters and sons, and for those of you who don't know, I have three sons and two daughters, I can relate heavily to what I'm getting ready to share. And so I wanna preface it by, I hope it doesn't come across as demeaning or like we don't do it this way or we should do it better. But what I have learned from parenting my big boys almost 19 years and my younger one almost nine is uh, I have learned a lot. <laughs> That's what I've learned, I've learned a lot and I've learned that I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And if I could go back, there's things that I would do a little bit differently, but also knowing that all of our children are unique and what uh, ways you connect with one is not necessarily a way that you would connect with the other. So this is kind of an overview of some specific things, uh, kind of concepts to think about in relating to your sons. One thing is, what I do know, is that we as mothers, we love to mother, right? We are the love givers most of the time. Much of what a mother gives her son, I want you to think about this, and I wrote this in your handout too. Much of what a mother gives her son is more of a reflection of her personality and her character than it is of her son's character. Because who we start to, how we start to interact with them in the very beginning is more a reflection of who we are than who they are, because we don't know who they are yet. We don't know their personality yet. But basically mothers need to love and mothers love to be needed. So let's not cripple though our sons by doing everything for them because we need to be needed. We'll lose our boys if we mother them too much. When we honor them, we'll keep that connection with them. And so I'll say some things this morning, you're just like, that almost sounds contradictory, but it actually isn't. Uh, we need to prepare them to leave. God's word says that they need to leave their father and mother, right? And so we need to prepare them to do that. So treat your son like he's capable, not needy. Again, we as moms wanna feel needed, but it's not helpful to our sons if we uh, don't make them feel like they can handle it. We want them to, pee, to feel empowered, for them to feel like they can handle life and to succeed in life and that there are areas where they are able to succeed. So I want you to think about your son, if you have a son now, from the earliest ages, toddlerhood all the way through to adulthood. Think about, is there an opportunity, is there something right now in areas that you can help them to succeed in? What's something that you can do that you know they are probably capable of doing that maybe you haven't given them the opportunity to do? Are they going to struggle a little bit? Obviously, but it will teach him that he is capable. And so I want you to think for a moment. What might be an example of something you could start allowing your son to do that would help him to become more independent and foster that idea that he is capable? Does anybody want to share anything that they can think of that they could start allowing, or maybe they already do, something that you let your son do that maybe even slightly dangerous if you're not there to watch them or something that they might fail at or you've seen them fail at, but they could do again to see that they are capable. Laundry. Yes, that's good. I had that on my list. Very good. Anybody else? Laundry is one. I think about even the youngest ones. Oh, you got one? Good. Like making things or? Just doing stuff outside, cleaning up, but not telling him how to do it. Mm. See how to do it. him figure out his way. Oh, that's good. Because he's, you know, sometimes their way works better for them. Yeah. And they don't have to do it my way. 
Yeah, that's true. And that takes humility. I know I've found that. That takes humility because I feel like my way is the best way and you need to do it my way. <laughs> and sometimes that is the case. But other times you let them do it and you're like, oh, because they are created uniquely and maybe that's even a gift of theirs. And I have seen that in one of my children specifically. And it's a real bummer sometimes. Like, like I'm like, where is that coming from? So I had to really kind of do a heart check of, why am I offended by that when they actually did it better? So that's those moments when we can really affirm them and say, what an amazing job. That is so good. That is very good. Good example. I think about even the youngest children picking out their clothes, like letting them put, let them put their clothes away, um, picking a meal, helping them be a part of preparing the meal, maybe taking a bath or a shower unattended, you know, those type things. And then even they get older, of course, I wrote laundry and going to the store, making their own appointments, those type things of letting them try those before they're out on their own and they've got to do those things on their own. So another concept to consider is as our sons grow older and get into those teen years, they grow closer to us when they are allowed to distance themselves from us for a season. Again, that sounds contradictory, doesn't it? But when we allow them to have that space, to give them that space to do it, we can honor that process because that's the way it's intended to be. I know for moms, some of us, when our uh, sons start to get real short with us or they are easily frustrated with us or ones that we maybe were able to have long conversations with and now it's a short, uh, few word answer, that's their way of pulling away a little bit and showing some independence and that they don't necessarily need mom or want mom's input. And it's for a season is what I've had to tell myself from what I've learned is it's for a season. And if we don't push against that, then they will come back to us in their adult years. If you know anything about boys, you know that they like to do things, lots of things, right? Busy, outdoor, indoor all the time. And so another thing is just to, to be with them spend that time with them. That doesn't mean you have to be playing flag football out with them or shooting hoops with them every day, but it means if they go outside in their younger years, go with them. Even sit in a chair and just watch them. Them knowing that you are with them, that you want to be where they are, that you are interested in what they are doing makes um, a lot of difference to them. And so then when it's time to go inside, then when it's time to clean up for dinner or to make their beds or to do a, sh a chore, they're more likely to receive that positively because you've engaged with them, you've spent time with them, you've shown that what they're doing is important to you and they will take that positively. They don't hear those orders as negative, but positive, well, sometimes. <laughs> because mom has spent time with me is what he thinks. Not always playing with me, but just being with me. Another thing, and this can be hard for us as moms, are y'all ready? Is learn to sit in the silence. What? <laughs> That's foreign, right? It is okay if you are in the presence of your son and words aren't spoken, even in the car. They will eventually talk, but we have to give them the space. Think about this. So again, where I'm pointing fingers at myself. I'm saying that quietly so nobody can hear me. If we are always talking, always teaching, always lecturing, then they come to expect that. And they expect that they don't have a space to think to ponder, and then to eventually speak. So allowing that silence allows them time to think and it eventually opens the doors for communication. Now don't hear that as don't ever talk to them again, <laughs> especially in the car whenever, but think, is this a moment? 
Am I trying to pull, draw something out of them and it's not working? Maybe we just need to sit in silence for a bit. Something to consider. And the last concept I want you to think about in this parenting dynamic is the fact that women want love and men want respect. Scripture and research both back this up. Ephesians 5.33, a man must love his wife and a wife must respect her husband. Men actually serve and die for honor. It's a, it is a principle that we see all throughout history. So research shows us that this man characteristic of wanting respect starts to show up around age four in our boys. Mothers of boys under 10, well, we wanna feel bonded and close to our sons. Showing them love isn't hard, but how do we talk respect and be respectful to our little boys? What does that look like when we are the authority figure? Well, one example is found in the book entitled Mother and Son, uh, The Respect Effect. Dr. Edrich uh, uses this example, this little story, and it says, one night a mom was putting her kids to bed and doing her usual I love you's when her five-year-old sa son said, mom, I know you love me, but are you proud of me? Well, she was surprised at that, and she answered, well, of course I'm proud of you. And in that moment, she saw his little chest puff up, and he had a big smile on his face, and he was so happy for her to say that she was proud of him, and she hadn't thought about it. But from there on out, even though she wanted to always scoop him up and cover him in kisses, she was also reminded of how important it was for her to tell him that she was proud of him that he received that differently than our daughters would. Another example, as boys get older and you see them disagreeing with a friend or fighting with their brother or sister, instead of always saying, you need to be kinder, you need to stop doing that, you need to be nice, you need to think about, instead say, you need to show him the same respect you expect. He deserves to be respected as you do. <coughs> This surprisingly resonates, and while they may bicker from time to time, obviously as siblings, they remember, they are reminded that you showed respect to them and treated them in the same way. And in that moment, there can be a really big heart change when it's not just the bickering, it's not just the lecturing, it's not just the condemnation, but it is, I expect you to show the same respect to him or to her that you expect. Simple changes in words can make a big difference. As our sons get older, we can tell them that we love them, but be mindful to say that you are proud of them. I feel like I've done a really good job of telling my children I love them, so much so that they expect it and don't flinch, don't make a big deal when I do. But as I was writing this out this week and remembering other instances, I thought, I'm gonna try this on my nine-year-old like right now. So I was sitting there in the living room typing and Jacob walked by and I said, hey, Jacob, I said, I am really proud of you. And he was like, why are you proud of me? Like, <laughs> I'm just walking through the living room. You know, he didn't say that. And I said, I just was thinking, you know, you put that puzzle together by yourself. You persevered and got it done. I'm really proud of you at how hard you work at math, even though it doesn't always come easy. I'm just really proud of you. And his demeanor completely changed. I'm like, oh, it's true. It's true. I mean, I remember with my older ones, it's so true. I mean, he was just like, thanks, Mom. Well, he didn't say that when I say I love you because I say I love you all the time. And he says, I love you too. And, you know, we do all these things. I love you more. All those little sweet things that, I mean, I don't regret at all. I'm so glad we do. But in that moment, he was like, my mom notices me and she's proud of my hard work. And it, it really made a big difference. So I would just encourage you, I challenge you to do that with not just your sons, but all of your children this week and see how, see how they respond. 
so I have a couple of resources and I wrote those on your handout. Of course, you know, I really enjoy podcasts. Uh, a few of those that I wrote down are Raising Boys and Girls with Sissy Goff and David Thomas, Parenting Great Kids, which sounds really obnoxious, but it has great content. <laughs> it's not with uh, Dr. Meg Meeker. And then I referenced that book by uh, Dr. Edrich, Mother and Son, The Respect Effect. And Dr. Edrich and his wife, they have a website and they have many years of actually a ministry, a marriage ministry that they do, loveandrespect.com. And he's written this book now uh, from the mother and son perspective, which is really good. So I just, in the time that we have, we just touched the surface of these family dynamics and those family relationships. But I wanna encourage you to dig a little bit deeper to not just be like, oh, that's good information, but really think about how does it apply to me? How does it apply to my home? How does it apply to those I know that maybe I could pour into them? My experiences are obviously different than yours. We all have unique experiences because we're made up of homes with unique individuals, but we all share a, common, a couple of common things, is we are all flawed human beings being refined by a perfect creator, and we wanna honor him as we parent our children. So I just wanna encourage you all in that. Encourage each other in that. Be again transparent and sharing where you feel like you have failed, but then where you can improve. Or maybe some things that you really feel like that you have knocked it out of the park on. Share those experiences because that will be helpful to those in your groups as well. So I wanna pray with you and then we'll head on to our groups for more uh, conversation. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I'm just so grateful that you are with us every step of the way in this parenting journey. I'm mindful that our homes all do look different and our children don't always have access to both mom and dad. So I pray that you would draw close to those who feel like maybe they're alone in this parenting journey. And Lord, I pray that you would send people on their path that would help fill in those gaps along the way. But Lord, we know that you are a perfect heavenly father and where we as flawed human beings create those gaps, you, in your perfect way, fill them in. So Lord, I pray that you would remind us of that, that you would give us comfort in that. And for those of us who had those interactions with the other parent, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be mindful to encourage the other parent, uh, to encourage them to dig into these relationships just a little bit deeper. Lord, I pray that you would prick our hearts and our minds and remind us of these moments that we don't want to pass by, just the simple everyday moments of how we can share our love with our children, how we can point them to you, and how we can create those deeper relationships. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful that you've given us this opportunity to parent the children that you've given to us in this season. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and you the glory. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Parent Gathering Podcast. We invite you to join us at 9.30 on Sunday mornings in room 215, where we will have opportunities for discussion among other parents. For more information about Living Hope Next Gen Ministries, go to livehopeful.com.